I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. It's always good to be here. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate that. And we have a fun topic this week. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is art and the healing power of art. Yes, art is very powerful and and uh, not just something that's frivolous, but it really has a way to touch us on a, a healing level, uh, deep down. I mean, there's a whole uh, form of therapy called art therapy mm-hmm. that can be used to help people. Do we have art therapy available or art therapists available in Brookings or in the I region? I don't believe or how in Brookings. Does... I think okay. there are some down in Sioux Falls, though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um... You know, I um, I know we maybe have a music therapist mm. in town yep. um, who does do goes to the nursing homes right. and things like that, which is interesting. And um, I think it's interesting how far it seems like we're, we're making progress in recognizing that power of yes. art. Yes, um, in the mental health aspects of art, making art, creating art, seeing art. I mean, all of that. And whatever form that takes, whether it be music, dance, you know, painting, cross-stitching, embroidery. I mean, all of these ways that people can express themselves. Um, it's not just one way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how have you seen art offer healing to your patients? Well, definitely, I think it's a way for people to connect with others. Mm-hmm. Um One thing that I have seen, especially in the nursing home, when dementia is taking away someone, Mm -hmm. um, if you put on their music, something music that connects them to their childhood or um, things, I've seen people that are have such bad dementia that they are not speaking but you play a hymn that they grew up with and they start singing it again Mm -hmm. and and that is just amazing I I did have one patient in the nursing home uh, a few years ago that had severe dementia but she could still play piano Mm -hmm. because that was it it wasn't that part of the brain was still there Mm -hmm. and was still active and she could still play piano because she wasn't thinking what she was doing. She was just in that zone when she played piano. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't that that cognitive part that had uh, broken down with the dementia, but it was still there. And, you know, her daughter would come and sing at the piano with her. And that was just always so touching to see mm-hmm. of that way of, of connecting with someone. So if, if you have a, a family member, you know, with, with dementia, you know, put on some old records of, of stuff that they they recommend or recognize and you'd be surprised how much they can light up. Um, mm-hmm. There's an amazing video on YouTube of a, um, a retired ballerina. She was mm. in, in France. Mm-hmm. And she was one of the prima ballerinas, I think, for New York City Ballet at one point. And they put on the music from Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting in her wheelchair with her crumpled arthritic hands Mm -hmm. she was still doing the arm movements and they had the picture side by side of her performing 
when she was in her 20s and now her in her you know, 90s doing the same arm motions and you could tell she still knew that routine even though you know that dementia and her age had taken so much she still it, it woke up a part of her inside deep down that was just beautiful to see yeah, that musical memory seems to be so strong. Like it is. when you um, hear something from 20, 30 years ago that meant something to you and it still resonates. It's really fun now as um, I watch my kids embracing music in different ways. Um, both kids have done piano lessons and it's so mm -hmm. fun that first year you it feels like you can see wires connecting in their brain yes. as they learn how to connect what's on a sheet of paper to what their hands are going to do to what it sounds like to how to count like I feel like I could like see wires connecting and um and just knowing that's probably going to be a long-term connection that's going right. to serve them well. And, and a, a wonderful way to decompress and deal with stress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, we, we always talk about with my patients, what are healthy ways of dealing with stress? And playing music or making art are two wonderful ways of dealing with stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. And, and definitely, you know, with... Um, your life and vision, you know, even that changing, you know, look at Monet, he went blind and he still painted. Beethoven went deaf, still made music. So mm -hmm. it's still interesting how um, things can still continue, even if your body isn't responding in the way it used to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those amazing artists did not let a disability stand in the way of them making their art. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, it's time for us to take our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Stroke is the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. A stroke occurs when a clot blocks the blood supply to part of the brain or when a blood vessel in or around the brain bursts. In either case, parts of the brain become damaged or die. Stroke can cause weakness or numbness of an arm or leg on one side of the body or even one side of the face. It can also affect speech, language, vision, memory, emotions, and behavior. Talk with your provider about stroke prevention. Call the Vera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to discuss our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before our break, we were talking about how the healing power of art is our Prairie Doc topic this week. Uh, as many of you know, our Prairie Doc programs are multimedia, and one of those um, sources includes an essay that is printed in um, many newspapers um, throughout the region. Dr. Cruz, your essay this week talks about um, the influence of art, even in a simple way as in your exam room, and how that 
serves a purpose um, in yes. connecting with people. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Well, definitely uh, that was something that I noticed when you know the pandemic hit. We were trying to take everything that could be a potential source of contamination or anything that could get um, dirty, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, because if it wasn't easy to wipe down, we were taking it out. So we took all the art out of my exam rooms because mm-hmm. it turned into the respiratory clinic. So mm-hmm. that's where we were swabbing all the patients with potential COVID, anyone with a respiratory issue. And the rooms are really bare. Mm-hmm. They're barren. Um, if you watch the show um, tomorrow night, they, I took a picture of, and to show you how sterile and cold the rooms looked. Sure. And those uh, pictures I had were all very um, deliberately and particularly chosen uh, so I would have something personal in the artworks th- with each room that I could talk to about with patients. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my rooms, I had circus posters because my residency was in Baraboo, Wisconsin, which is the hometown of the Ringley Brothers. Mm-hmm. So they have a Circus World Museum, and I really got interested in circus and the history of circus and performing. I do aerial silk, so I do circus arts. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a friend who's a magician and a circus clown. I was actually in... Um, the great circus parade they take their historic wagons out once a year and they parade them actually uh, they used to do it down the streets of milwaukee and i was in the last one in milwaukee now they do it down baraboo um but so i have my circus room mm-hmm. and so i love talking to people about circus and mm-hmm. you know people will say oh i remember when i went to the shrine circus when i was you know in fourth grade and that was our field trip and sure. so it, it was a way to talk to people about that and um it, it brought up a conversation so it wasn't just all about why are you here why are you sick so it gave us a chance to connect and to make just just a few moments of small talk before we jumped into business Mm -hmm. and to kind of put people at ease Um, one of my other rooms I had pictures of uh, when I went to South Korea with SDSU SDSU has a sister school in Taejeon South Korea and I went one year as a student ambassador for a two-week trip and so I have pictures there so I have you know some foreign exchange, you know, students from SDSU that have come in and are like, oh, I recognize this. I've been here. I, sure. I've, I've been to Shejudo. And okay. so, you know, it w- again, a way to say, oh, did you know that you know, SDSU has a sister school there? Oh, you know, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to talk about, you know, Brookings connection to another part of the world. Mm-hmm. And then my third room has uh, Ansel Adams photographs, which one, I love Ansel Adams. I think he's an amazing photographer. Uh, but one of the pictures was of uh, Canyon de Chez, which is in uh, Chinle, Arizona, where I did a month rotation on the Navajo Reservation. So again, again, I can talk about photography. I can talk about Canyon de Chez. I can talk about my time you know, serving with the um, Native American population there and, and the Navajo or as they call themselves, Dine, mm-hmm. uh, which means the people, uh, that population. So, again, it was a way to connect with people because, you know, someone's like, oh, I've got an Ansel Adams picture. Or, oh, what do you think about, you know, this? So I had another one of Grand Tetons. So people would talk mm-hmm. about, oh, I remember the vacation I took to Grand Tetons. So yes. it was, an again, a way to... Uh, have people, one, something to look at while they're waiting for me to come in. Yes, yes. Um, unless they're on their phones, which is fine. Right. Um, but it just brought a little bit of life to the rooms. They weren't mm-hmm. quite so sterile and cold and un- impersonal. Mm-hmm. So, again, that way to connect and way to find something in common with people. Because if you can find something in common... Um, it's much easier to establish that rapport and that trust that is essential to have a good relationship with your physician. You have to 
know them as a person. You have to know that you can trust them. Um, and connecting on that level of something besides, why are you here? Tell me about your sore throat um, is really important. And art is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. You shared a quote in your essay um, by photographer Prakash Guy, and I hope I said that close to right. And um, he said, art heals both the creator and the viewer. So art heals both the creator and the viewer. I love that. I do, too. I, I think it, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and... I think Brookings, we're really a great community to support the arts. There's mm-hmm. a lot with the South Dakota Art Museum. Um, actually, we had a time where the South Dakota Medical Association, um, our Brookings district, Brookings Madison, we had a meeting at the South Dakota Art Museum. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, directors there took us around, and we started looking at Harvey Dunn paintings. And she said, tell me what's happening in this picture. What's going on? And so we spent probably 20 minutes dissecting um, the prairie is my garden. So Mm -hmm. the one where the woman's standing there with this giant pair of scissors. And we're like, what is she looking at? She looks nervous. Why does she look nervous? One girl is clinging onto her apron. You know, what is she scared about? The boy is picking flowers and is completely oblivious, has no clue what's going on. You know, where is her husband? How far away are they from the house? So all those observation skills that doctors need to make a good diagnosis mm-hmm. and to find things because you know if we're looking at a mole you know mm-hmm. it, it might be just something we find in passing when we're just looking at everything else or or just the inflection on a way someone says something when they answer a question might probe me to ask something else so those observation skills that we need when we're seeing a patient we honed those in looking at art mm-hmm. and trying to interpret what was going on in this picture? Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing way to use those skills in a completely different way. Yes, absolutely. I love that you use art to practice observation. That's yes. great. And to notice things. And we can all benefit from that, to mm-hmm. take time to really notice things right. and appreciate what's around us and going on around us. Going back to that quote of art heals both the creator and the viewer. Um, I know many of our listeners are fami- familiar with Rick's um, work with the the Hopeful Spirit Chorale, yes, um, a choir group that would meet once a week and um, sing together a cappella and practice for a few minutes, twenty minutes maybe, and then go sing for someone. And I had the privilege of participating in that for a while um, before I had two kids to take <laughs> along with me. But before then, I really enjoyed being part of that and how both as the person participating and singing, I always felt like my own spirit and soul was refreshed and that experience of singing with others, of making Mm -hmm. art with others. And then of course the family and individual who we were um, singing for um, was always moving um, to see how they responded to that gift of music and that gift of art. So, And, and definitely with the pandemic, you know, all of these have shut down, you know, theater shut right. down, you know, music events shut down. And I think that this whole year with that void has made it all the more uh, important to mm-hmm. our lives and, and made us realize how important it was mm-hmm. when all of a sudden you can't have it. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we certainly miss it. And we'll look forward to being back in some of those live performances soon. And vaccines are one way to get there. So we're going to take a break. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the update on vaccines as well. So we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. It is important as we age to add strength training to aerobic exercises. These activities will help you build strength, maintain bone density, and improve balance, coordination, and mobility, and reduce the risk of falling so that you can stay independent and perform activities of daily life. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings about strength training and get started today. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to discuss our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, we've been talking about how the power of art um, in our healing and how good it is for us. And we are just saying how wonderful it will be to get back to in-person performances and experiencing art together and how vaccines are one way to get us closer to that. Um, And so I wanted to share, we do have information for our Brookings listeners that tomorrow, Thursday, May 13th, and next Thursday, May 20th, there are opportunities to get um, the J&J vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, um, at the Swift Tell Center in Brookings. For this, for these two events, tomorrow and next Thursday, May 13th and May 20th, um, you do need to be 18 years old and older. Um, you should bring a valid ID to do that. Um, uh, but is walk-in is acceptable. You don't have to make an appointment in advance. So if you're interested and have been waiting for an opportunity to get that J&J vaccine, you can learn more at the brookingshealth.org website to get all the details about that. Dr. Cruz, that Johnson & Johnson vaccine, one of the benefits of that one is that it is just a one-shot deal, right? So we right. only have to go to the Swiftel one time yep. and have it done. Can you tell that, us a little bit more about that yep, particular so vaccine? That is the, the one-shot one. Um, that one they did put on pause for a little bit due to concerns of some potential blood clots. Thankfully, we haven't um, seen any of those complications here in Brookings. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, But that sounds like they have... Uh, restarted that and you know these numbers are really low compared to um, the number of blood clots that people are having with uh, like even just being on birth control Mm -hmm. a year so your risk it really wasn't significant it was literally one in a million Mm -hmm. so um, very very small risk with that so yeah if you're needle averse this is a great way to get uh, one shot and done Mm -hmm. and um moving forward with that so or just a busy person or just a busy person <laughs> that yeah get don't, done yeah or you don't know where you're going to be i mean the, yes. you know the college students that are heading out you know mm-hmm. where are you going to be in you know, when you're due for the next one so it's just very easy and i know initially we were just doing you know south dakota residents or you had to be in brookings county but now uh, that's kind of been relaxed as oh, well okay. so mm-hmm. uh, pretty much anyone's eligible 
Okay. So, All right. Yeah. So that's tomorrow and next Thursday. So learn more about that on the brookingshealth.org website to see um, if that will work for you. 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Swiftel Center. We have some updates for the vaccine world does regarding kids. What are we learning yep. about that now? So the FDA just authorized the Pfizer vaccine um, emergency use down to 12 and older. Okay. So the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, the ACIP, is meeting today to discuss whether um, they're going to approve that for use. So they're okay. kind of the ones that get to say when vaccines are given. But FDA says, yep, we're good. And then these are the ones that say, okay, you have our blessing. So it's it's really a two-level yeah. step of getting approval. So it's not just one says, yep, we're good to go. Um, they have two independent groups saying it's approved and it's safe. So. Okay. And that's going to be for 12-year-olds 12-year-olds and, and up. Yep. Okay. All right. So it's a good step. It's a good step. And, and I think they're going to keep um, lowering that age. I mean, there have been talk about studying all the way down to like six months of age. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be coming hopefully by the time uh, school's ready to start in the fall. Hopefully my kids will be eligible because they're eight and 10. So mm-hmm. every step uh, as they lower the age makes me more optimistic and hopeful that uh, we'll get them protected soon too. Yeah. No hesitations. It sounds like for no you, hesitations. you're ready to get your kiddos. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, that was something uh, Dr. Johnston and I were talking about yesterday. He said, you know, Back during World War II, a lot of people lied about their age to get into the military because they wanted to serve their country. And I'm like, well, now I feel like, do we lie about our kids' age to get them in <laughs> to get their vaccine earlier? But yeah, you know, we're following the rules. Following the rules. Yes. But you know, it is funny how uh, you know when you really want something, that's it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's it's um, so wonderful to um, see the progress we've made. It's been a yes. long year, and f- fifteen months are we at now? But um, progress is being made. There is hope, mm-hmm. and um, it's always encouraging to yes. come on Wednesday mornings and discuss the latest. The latest. Um, always and changing. Where we are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we did have a caller with a question here. We're gonna switch switch uh, gears a little bit. An elderly woman on. Warfarin yep. gets blood spots on her arms. Is there anything that can be done about that? Uh, if she's talking about kind of like bruises or um, the little red cherry hemangiomas, uh, unfortunately, no, that's a sign that the warfarin's doing its job. So warfarin's a blood thinner and something that we put people on to uh, reduce their risk or try to prevent strokes. Okay. So um, actually, it's it's doing its job by making the the blood thin and unfortunately people on it bruise like a peach oh, <laughs> so okay. you do want to talk to your doctor though if you're having excessive bruising if you're having bleeding uh, when you're brushing your teeth if you know it's blood in the urine if you you know have frequent bloody noses because that could be a sign that it's too thin because warfarin has what we call a therapeutic window so um in a we check the blood levels usually monthly or sooner if if needed and see if it's in the safe range because too thin is not good either Mm -hmm. Um, but too thick it doesn't give you the protection but if your blood's too thin then that can also cause problems with bleeding uh, you know bleeding in the stomach bleeding in in any of the mucous membranes so the bladder the nose the mouth Um, so yes I would say if they're having increased bleeding bleeding or bruising um, you know check with their doctor they may need to check sooner uh, than what they had previously scheduled but uh, aside from trying not to get uh, bumped up, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I have had people wear kind of arm pads 
Hmm. Um, especially in the nursing home if they get bruised up, kind of these little arm guards uh, to help them so they don't bruise so easily. Um, but unfortunately, that's that's kind of a, a known side effect of the medication doing its job. Is that painful usually, these blood spots or the bruising, uh, or is it just kind of... It's kind of there. Okay. They'll wake up and they're like, oh, where did I get this? My, sure. my mom's been on warfarin for, oh, God, probably a couple decades mm-hmm. now, two mm-hmm. or three decades, I think, because I think she started in her 50s. Um, on that after she had a very extensive blood clot in her leg and then ended up getting blood clots in her lungs, not once but twice. Ooh, mm-hmm. Yes, so um, she's been on that for a very long time. And, um, you know, it's a very uh, old mm-hmm. uh, medication. It's been around for many years. But uh, you do have to monitor the, the dosage level closely with blood levels. Um, that's one of the disadvantages of warfarin. The other, the advantage is it's cheap mm-hmm. and readily available. There are some newer one medications out there that do similar things uh, as far as keeping the blood thin, uh, but they're more expensive. Uh, so that's like the Xarelto um, or the Eliquis that a lot of people are on. Those don't require the blood levels to be checked, uh, but they are more expensive since they're not generic yet. Okay, got it. And so with the warfarin as well, I think you were saying this too um you can adjust the level the amount right. you're getting right. okay you, yep right. and it's very much a tailored dose for okay. you and mm-hmm. you at that time mm-hmm. so some people have a very um stable dose that they stay on and they've been on that dose for years okay um sometimes it, you'll need to go up a little bit sometimes you need to go down a little bit because warfarin is affected by um, different foods and medications. So if you're on mm. an antibiotic, that can make your level go off. Uh, if you're eating a lot of green leafy vegetables, because now all of a sudden lettuce is in season, and you know, or you're eating a lot of spinach because that's in season, that can throw your numbers off because of that. Because iron of the in them, vitamin K. Well, wow. interesting. Yes. Okay, all yep. right. So, and actually, vitamin K is what we use if someone's blood gets way too thin and it's dangerous, and we need to reverse it, or they need to have surgery, and we need to reverse it like right now. We'll give them some vitamin K, and that will get it back to a safe, normal level. Okay. Um, generally, how often do you get those levels checked when you're on warfarin? Generally, once a month. Oh, um, okay. Some people that have been super stable, like my mom, who been, has been on it for you know 20 years, she'll yep. check it like every six weeks. But okay. one month is generally how long we like to let people Is go. that something you go to the lab at yep. clinic to do? Yep. Got it. Uh, okay. Most people go to the lab at clinic. Um, occasionally, uh, there have been some home devices that came out in like the 90s and people I have only known one or two patients on it uh, because it was really hard to get insurance to pay for them okay and um, they're quite expensive the other option um, that we have is a Coumadin nurse where you go in it's a finger poke she pulls it up follows an algorithm and then says okay your dose is good come back in one month or oh we need to adjust your dose come back in you know one to two weeks and we'll recheck and make sure that it's responded correctly to that medication adjustment okay interesting yeah Yeah. learning something new this morning that's great well it's time for us to take our final break we thank you for listening to prairie doc radio on kbrk and on our podcast we will return following this informative message from the avera medical group Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. 
Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime. You can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here answering our medical questions. Give us a call. Well, we're almost out of time, so maybe I won't say give us a call, but uh, you can give us a call for next week at 605-692-1430. One quick question here before we wrap up today, Dr. Cruz. Someone is asking, what's your opinion on something she received in the mail, uh, lifeline screening for checking the carotid arteries, et cetera. Uh, it says not covered by insurance and done in a parking lot here in Brookings. Yeah, Do you so know about this? That, that is common, and I will have patients uh, come in and bring me uh, their screening reports from those. So those are vascular screenings. Um, I would say, you know, talking with your doctor to kind of see what, what your risk is. We always want to know about pretest probability. Uh, and then what are you going to do with the information once you have it? So uh, when we talk about pretest probability, what do we expect the results to be? And um, that tells us usually kind of how good the test is going to be. Um, so if you don't, ex- if, you know, pretest probability for strep throat, if you swab my throat right now, I have absolutely no symptoms mm-hmm. and it comes back positive. Do I trust that as a real positive or is that a false positive? So that's something to to think about. So if my throat doesn't hurt, there's no symptoms, it's not red, my tonsils are enlarged, should I even be doing the test? No. Now, with screening tests, that is where we're looking for problems before there are are symptoms. Um, People that are older do tend to have more issues with vascular things. So, uh, Avera does do a similar thing. There are these uh, private companies that go around and, and drive a bus, and then you come in and have the screening, usually in a church parking lot. And then they'll have these results. It, it's usually a conversation starter, which I think is a, is a good thing. Um, the Avera one that they do at Planet Heart, Sanford also has a Planet Heart screening very similar to this. Um, aren't covered by insurance, but uh, it's, it's not a bad thing. And uh, if you talk to your doctor, kind of talk about what are your risks and benefits and do they think that would be helpful. So um, I'm not opposed to them, mm-hmm. especially they're usually pretty nominal in, in fees. So... Uh, if it gives you peace of mind, then by all means do it. Okay. A quick follow-up question on warfarin. Mm-hmm. When do you recommend on taking, in the morning or the evening? Oh, um, I usually recommend people take it in the morning or at least find a typical time that you take it every day. Honestly, it's a once a day. It doesn't matter. Most okay. people at the nursing home give it at 4 p.m. I don't know why 4 p.m., but that seems to be when it, it gets given in the hospital and the nursing homes. So I would say pick a time and stick with it okay consistent schedule that works yep all right well thank you for your questions today listeners we appreciate those and before we go please be sure to tune in to south dakota public broadcasting television and the prairie doc facebook page for on call with the prairie doc most thursdays starting at 7 p.m central Watch this Thursday, May 13th, as Prairie Doc host Jill Cruz, along with guest Dr. Kimry Martin of Atrium Health in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Dr. Tina Melanson of Prairie Lakes Health System in Watertown, discuss how various forms of art can help heal patients. 
We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.